Um, God re-challenges things that were part of your life and that you haven't dealt with. And one of those was, how do I relate to God as Father? And uh, what does that mean to me? So um, so what happened is I really felt a, a challenge. And my mom had never stopped me from looking for my real dad. In fact, I'd seen him outside a shopping center with her, and she'd said, hey, do you want to go say hi to your dad? And that was when I was about 13. And I said, no, I had no interest. Um, but I felt a nudging from the Lord to go and sort of seek him out. And so I did that, and and uh, really the main purpose was twofold. Personally, I wanted to understand um, the heart of the Father more. I didn't know how that was going to happen. And the other was that I wanted to share the gospel with him. I thought, well, if there's anybody that would probably listen to is his long-lost son. So I did that, and it was tough. It was emotionally draining. It was it was months and months of, of really, really difficult conversations. Um on Facebook, and then met up with him when I was last in South Africa. And um, without dishonoring in any, in any way, the, the realization that came to me sitting there in the conversation, in, in much disappointment really, I felt God just saying to me, you see now, I've been your dad the whole time, yeah. and I've guided you, and I've led you. And, and that, sound, that might sound a bit, a bit flaky and a bit whatever, you know, it's just, but to put the story into short little uh, Summary, it's, it's, it can't carry the full weight, but that is the truth. Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Mate, I just think that that is an incredible story because, you know, we all have a father wound. Yeah. Uh, some of us have a father wound from, like there's a, bo- a book by Jack Frost I read called mm-hmm. Experiencing Father's Embrace, and mm-hmm. he says that there's uh, different types of fathers. Some are absent fathers where you just don't have, have a father. Some are abusive. Some are disciplinarian fathers or authoritative fathers. Some are passive fathers. Uh, you know, some are rewards-oriented fathers. Uh, there's many different types of fathers that we, we've we've had, uh, you know, across the world, and depending on how our father treated us, will often taint our view of the way we look at our heavenly father. Absolutely. And, and so, for you having an absent father, not having a father, uh, you uh, probably tended to think God was absent over your life. But here, here is the Lord telling you, yeah. I've been your father. Yeah. I am your sufficiency. That is an amazing testimony. Yeah, and just a practical thing on those lines, Matt, is just. You know, we speak about the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, that's one nature. The thing that's really, that we're seeking when our heart is broken around the, around the subject of fatherhood is the nature of fatherhood. Yeah. And to understand that God is one nature and the Holy Spirit is here with us, in us, he carries the same father nature. And so my advice is just get talking to the Holy Spirit. You yeah, know, the father, absolutely. The father nature is in the Holy Spirit. That's and, good. Uh, and I love the uh, the line you know, that Jack Frost, Frost puts in his book about experiencing father's embrace. He says, the message of Christianity is to receive the father's love and to give out the father's love. Sure. And once you realize you have a perfect father in heaven who loves you, like like the, the father and the prodigal son, you know, he just rejoices that his son was lost and is now found, was blind and, and now will see. That's a perfect father who gives his robe and his ring yep. to his son and celebrates and says, my my son, you know, let's, uh, let's kill the fatted calf and celebrate because he's home, you know. That's what the father wants. He just wants us. Yep. He just wants a relationship with us. And once we know about our heavenly father, how good he is, uh, uh, we then want to show how good he is to others. We want to share the love of God and the love of the Father with others. So, mate, tell us a bit, a bit more of your story. Did you walk with the Lord all through your teen years, or did you backslide and come back to the Lord? What's yeah, your, so your... no, not at all, actually. we. Um, I mean, I can remember the moment of, of salvation. I know people have different uh, theologies about salvation and how that happens, but I can remember standing, committing my life to the Lord at, at five, six years old. I mm-hmm. uh, can see that happening. But, um, 
the walking out of, of that and the walking out of sanctification and such took a lot longer. So uh, through growing up in that home, it was easy for me to not really question, but hold very loosely um, to what a Christian life looked like. Yeah. Uh, long story short, I, I, uh, I knew I was called to Bible school. That was around 2001. Felt a clear call from God to go. So I went, I presented that to my uh, Freemason following grandfather who was basically my dad at the time. And he said, well, that'll be good for enrichment. You uh, go ahead and have a look around. And I was like, well, it's more than that, but okay. And so I went and did that for three years, uh, ministerial training, came out of Bible school. And they always say you come out one of two ways. Either you're disillusioned uh, and you walk away from the church or you come out and you go full on into ministry. I came out uh, disillusioned. Uh, some of the stuff I'd seen on stage was not what I'd seen behind the scenes because I was very involved and unfortunately um, didn't walk away from church, just drifted. It was around that stage that I got into commercial radio in South Africa. And uh, if anybody knows commercial radio, just look at celebrities from the, today and you know how easy it is to just be caught up in the world. Yeah. So I just drifted easily, drifted um you know, started getting invited to things, celebritism, and uh, all of that. And uh, I was in that on commercial radio to about three and a half million listeners for about six, seven years. Wow. In South Africa. Did you do the Brecky show? I covered. Yeah. Covered, but no, there were times when I was on twice a day yep. uh, doing, doing all kinds of fill ins and shows and all sort of stuff. And, uh, uh, and it was a, like a music a station. Scar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Full on music station. Yeah. Um, uh, no mention of God, anything like, okay. like that, obviously. Um, but the scar is this: that God's always given me a, given me a gift to talk, yeah, and given me a gift to uh, unra- unravel truth mm-hmm. and explain things that might be complicated in a very simple way for people. And I never used that at that stage because I was far from Him. And so God does a 360 on these things when you'll give it to Him and when you'll give Him another chance and things that you have not redeemed for His glory. Uh, through your life, once you come to a place of true discipleship that you're willing to lay that hurt down before him again and use that skill for him, he will redeem it. Mm. And uh, so I ended up meeting my wife. Uh, she was also in the sort of celebrity world, and and we felt uh, I knew one thing for certain, that if we were going to do that thing for real and head towards marriage, which is where we felt, we had to get back into church. Okay. And so we both felt that, that and we got into a church where we sort of back row uh, – Christian churchgoers uh, <laughs> never wanted to really connect because I didn't want it to be so social as it was before. I wanted to be there for God and really rediscover him. Mm. But around the same time, he called us to Dubai. Um, not really a clear call of God, but just a, a move of country and discover new nationalities. And went there and then found a church that he plugged us into with a strong apostolic heart. And we started ministering into different nations and so many nations represented there in the Middle East as well. And... Uh, yeah, six years later, he calls us to Australia, and one of those avenues is redeeming the radio time and uh, using that gift for him. And so, so that's where we find ourselves. So here you are doing a radio interview, and you're also you know, doing a bit of uh, Christian community radio, and yeah. whoever knows what doors might open for that. <laughs> uh, and uh, did you work in TV for a bit as well? Yeah, a lot of TV presenting in front of the camera. It's a real rush. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, oh, good. Live TV is uh, always fun. I know you've got History Makers TV, yeah. and uh, that's really exciting what you guys are doing as well. Oh, so I've been cool. doing a little uh, Snoopy research on you guys. Good, mate. I might, I might and, need uh, a bit of help, great. actually. It's a lot of work. This uh, <laughs> Radio is so much easier. 
here. Let me tell you that. Uh, and, and <laughs> you don't mate, have to get dressed in the morning. You just come in as you are. You know? That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, now, talking about uh, your teaching gift and your communication gifts, you, you're teaching uh, in Bible college at the moment. What are the subjects mm. that you're teaching on? Yeah, so I've been asked to guest lecture along the lines of missions and uh, apostolic work. And uh, there's a vast difference. And we, we sort of learned this on the journey that we've gone. Uh, missions... Not to take anything away from it, but there are, if you know anything about missions, just on a surface level, there's short-term missions, long-term missions. Short-term being you would go with a church into a country and um, and be part of a mission trip. Long-term actually moving to a country or being there for a period of time and actually being part of the community and building in. Now, the apostolic uh, idea sort of overflows both of those. And we see what Paul does in how he actually covers both of those arenas. But the apostolic mindset is one of that it's not a matter of going into nations for the sake of going into nations. It's not a Christian tourism thing as such. It's about what we leave behind. Yeah. It's about what we build there. Um, you know, we refer to the term wise master builder, and that is what we need to be doing. Or else it does just become a thing of check, I've gone on another missions trip. And it should never be that. Yeah. So the mindset changes you in fact and along the lines of Oh, well, I've been to this country and this country and this country on missions trips. Well, actually, which country has God called you to work into yeah, that's good. as an individual or as a church? And what relationships are you forming over long term so that you're building into those leaders and building into the church? So you're putting down the right foundations there on which others will come and build, mm. uh, build walls, build the church. And give you an example, we, we ministered a lot into Sri Lanka. And uh, when we went in there, well, certainly my first trip in there about five years ago, um, it was really, really uh, infant. A few, a few ladies I would meet, and uh, we sort of start sewing into them. None of the men wanted to come to the meetings. Uh, there was really no foundation, but we had a connection with a guy there who was planting churches. And you know, on face value, we could have looked at it and gone, oh, "This is this is never going to happen." But we look back five years now, and we see 38 churches that have been planted there. Each of them with the right foundation, small churches, but we're looking at 15, 20 men and women with the correct biblical theology to build and grow that church. And uh, that's through honoring relationships, uh, honoring the leaders that are there. We don't come in as guest speakers. We come in as servants to serve what they need to build those churches. Now, Clint, I'm just inspired to hear about how the Lord has uh, used you in uh, radio and TV uh, and now using you in the kingdom uh, in, in different areas of ministry. And, you know, there might be people listening that are thinking, you know what, this guy's uh, talked about how he's been searching for God, how he's been curious uh, to reconnect with God and reconnect with church. And, you know, the Lord's obviously bearing a lot of fruit in your life since then. There might be people listening that have never heard the gospel, that don't know what the message of the gospel is. Would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? Yeah. Do I have how long do I have? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you like, mate. <laughs> well, the gospel is the gospel is everything, really. Uh what I mean by that is that um we can often see a weakness or a hole in our life and think, well, Jesus is maybe one of the answers that'll come in and fix this particular hole. And that's not really what the gospel is. The gospel is that that God is the creator. He created heaven and earth, uh, but man sinned, he fell. Uh, the biggest the biggest gift God ever gave man was freedom of choice. Uh, to this day, he gives us that gift. And that freedom of choice was expressed incorrectly in the Garden of Eden, and man fell. From then, God has always aimed to redeem his beloved creation 
humankind to himself. See, some people say the earth at the moment has all these bad things going on. Why does God allow these bad things to happen? And I hear that a lot here on the coast. And people go out seeking different things to seek peace in their lives, really. It could be yoga. It could be whatever strange thing, spiritualism that you're into. You're seeking a peace, a peace about this life, a peace about circumstances and governance over your life here, and also a peace about what comes after this life. Your free choice is either to accept the peace that is already present or not. And what God did is created that peace through the person of Jesus Christ. How did he do that? Well, the Bible says somebody had to pay for that mistake that that man made. The reason that had to be paid for is because God is a holy God, and that issue of sin that was created cannot be in his presence. Now, that issue of sin is carried in all of our lives because we are born through the seed of man, that original man that, that sinned. Jesus came not through the seed of man, but through the virgin birth. So he didn't carry that. He qualified in that virgin birth and through his entire life of remaining sinless to qualify only to go to the cross, to die, to pay that price for that sin. Imagine I gave you a million dollars and I said, Matt, here's a million dollars. It's in your bank account. Here's the ATM card. Go get it. And you, in theory, have that card. And in theory, you are a millionaire. Awesome. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. Can you believe it? But in practice, until you go and you put that card in the machine and you draw that money out, you don't have it. Yeah. And in the same way, Christ died for all, but until you accept that free gift, you don't have it. And the sovereignty of God is not that he allows bad things to happen on this earth. That is the result of a fallen world due to sin. The sovereignty of God is that he allows time for you to exercise your free choice to choose him. And once you do, that is governance over your life, a good God who will only bring good things to his children and governance of your future, that peace about where you'll be for eternity in heaven, in God's kingdom. Mate, that is such good news. And I can tell uh, you believe it by the passion in your eyes as you you share that uh, here in the studio. And, you know, there might be people listening that want to respond to that. Maybe you have been stirred up. Uh, Maybe you are thinking, you know, I need to reconnect with God. I would encourage you to go to the website, historymakers.tv, and uh, there there's a whole bunch of uh, resources and information uh, about uh, how you can get your heart right with God. Uh, we encourage you to do that if you've been stirred up today. We've been talking with Clint Davis from South Africa. Uh, it's been a <laughs> blessing to have you with us uh, Thank mate, you, on mate. the radio. Mate, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate that. That's a huge compliment. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McArdle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.